0: Let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Thank you for tuning in to Next Level Leaders Podcast. I'm Dr. Joseph Warren Walker III. I want to thank all of you so much for tuning in to this podcast. And of course, this is a place where we try to inspire, encourage, and expose you to some of the great thinkers and great strategies that we believe can be a tremendous blessing in your life. So thankful for all of you that are subscribing to this podcast and sharing the word around the world. And we are truly worldwide. We appreciate all of you in Australia and other places that are listening, in Africa and in Europe. Thank you so very, very much. It means everything. And all of our listeners in the United States, thank you so much. We want to make sure you share this podcast with others and invite them to subscribe for free. So try to do that. Do that. If you're being blessed by it, we got a benchmark. We're trying to reach down to 100,000 subscribers. We're over 50,000 now moving to that realm. We hope to get there in the next 45 days or less. So let's do it. And we believe it can happen. And that's how we think as next level leaders. We want to empower the world. We want to do this on a major level. So I want to appreciate all of you so much. And I want to thank you so much for being connected to this podcast. Now, today is leaders. What leader does not want to talk about money? Today, we're going to talk about money matters. And I believe it's critical. It's important. It's essential, necessary for us to have this candid conversation about money. One of the things I've learned is that oftentimes we become leaders and we move into these spaces long before we really understand the value of money and how to manage money. And that's why we have a lot of leaders out there who end up getting in trouble, don't understand how to invest, how to save, the proper things to do. And so consequently, we're not handling money properly. I know in my profession as a pastor, I've seen a lot of pastors, because they have not properly managed money in their own personal lives, oftentimes end up running their church the same way. I want to help every leader, regardless of your profession, understand. This idea of money, and I want to first give a disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor. I want to invite you to find you a well-qualified financial advisor. I'm only giving you ideas and suggestions that I believe have been helpful in my life. Maybe they'll be helpful in yours as a next level leader. Now, I want to share this because I think at the very first principle we need to understand today, and I'm going to give you seven, so I want you to write them down, is understanding the power of a budget. Now, budget is a roadmap. The budget really says, I am telling my money where to go versus having my money tell me where to go. If you're in a place right now, your money is literally leading you. You probably don't have a budget. And there's so many great, great tools out there that help you establish a budget. But I think personally, as well as in your business, you have to operate from a budget. I think it's important. I was talking to someone recently who is making an exorbitant amount of money and cash and I said, listen, you've got to put yourself on a salary. You've got to make certain you have a budget because if you don't, you'll end up eating up all your profit, eating up all your net gain because you're not focused on disciplining yourself around a budget. So every leader, every person must operate on a budget no matter where your income is. Make certain. You say, I'm establishing a sound budget. Telling my money where to go. One of the things I did early on when I was developing the discipline of a budget in a personal perspective, I followed the bag technique. Simply put, I took brown paper bags and I wrote on those bags my mortgage, my electricity bill. I put down all the different things I had, my fixed costs, car note, etc. cetera. Then I would put a certain amount of money in there for entertainment, which was going out to the movies or eating out. And then I would have savings. So when those bags were empty, They were empty for that month. Now, nobody would take a bag from, watch this, you wouldn't take a bag of your mortgage or rent money to go out to a party, right? You say, no, I can't touch that because that money is designated. See, once you have the discipline to designate your money and send your money to a specific place, then that begins the habit and pattern of development a greater discipline in life completely. So I believe this is how it happens. This is how it works. When you develop this discipline, It will yield you incredible benefits. So let me tell you something. A budget is essential. It is the roadmap. It is the first part of this whole process. Get with someone to help you develop a sound budget. Now, once you develop a budget, the second thing that's important is acting your wage. I once heard this phrase from my friend Dave Ramsey, who talked about acting your wage, right? <laughs> that people living within their means, because oftentimes we we go through life and we handle money in ways that are irresponsible because we're trying to impress people who don't even know us nor like us, but we're trying to keep up with the proverbial Joneses. I think it's essential now for us to really think through this and say, wait a minute, hold on. How do I act my wage? How do I live in a place in my life where I'm content? Paul says that you know, godliness with contentment is a great game. We've got to learn not to go out and just be spending to try to keep up or compete because we get caught up in this, this very image conscious world. It's one of the downsides of, I think, social media is that we see people living in certain ways. And oftentimes those are really illusions, but we're chasing that illusion, thinking that that's their reality. And we ended up spending money every time we go out. You know, we go out and we do this, we do that, we buy this, we buy that. It's all because we are not living within our wage. So you have to say to yourself, I know how much I make. I know how much I give. My budget should look like my tithe is first and then my bills, right? And then how I pay myself and how I invest. And that's how my budget should look. And when I do that, then I start acting within the confines of my wage. My wage. I act my wage. I'm okay with that because there are people who are making $50,000 $50,000 living better than people that are making 150 dollars all because they've learned how to act their wage and make the necessary adjustments and investments necessary to do so. So what you have to do is you can't live comparatively. You can't live your life trying to compete with other people. It's unhealthy. It's not a good thing. You must make certain that you really, really, really act your wage and deal with spending because spending can really drive a business under if you're not careful you got to watch that. I've watched people spend, just spend to be spending, emotional spending. I've watched people just go online to order things just to order, just emotional spending. You've got to guard against that. It's okay not to have it. As a leader, you've got to decide it's okay not to have it. It's okay not to have that sale is not just designed for you. You think that sale is just God's way of saying, this was the blessing I was waiting to give you. Imagine how much money you would save. You go back. You know, and think about even during this pandemic, how much money some of you saved because you hadn't been able to get out and go shopping like you normally would. Maybe you need to understand this is an opportunity to recoup and get things back together. Because one of the biggest things that cripples people's financial future is this third area called debt. Debt. Yes, I'm saying it over and over again. Debt. Debt, so many Americans are in debt. So many folks around the world are in debt. Debt is killing our people. It's killing us. It's a stronghold. It's a strangulation upon your dreams. And we continue to be consumers of debt. We keep getting into deeper debt, buying this credit card and signing up for that credit card and doing this and that. And you're being pre-approved for things you didn't even know you were pre-approved for and you just keep taking the bait. Debt, it can be a blessing and a curse. I think it's important though, to talk about good debt versus bad debt. Now, you think about it for a moment. A person going to graduate school, professional school, or undergrad, and needs to take out a student loan, that's a good debt. Getting a mortgage, that's good debt, right? But when I go out and just buy things to be buying them, putting them on my credit card, and it's taking me, I got to have this $80 pair of shoes, and by the time I pay it off with the interest, it costs me $380, that's bad debt. So you have to look at how long does it take you to pay off the thing that you are trying to purchase by using debt? You should use debt to leverage it in order that you can use other people's money to buy time to pay off what you need to do. But don't use debt as a lifestyle. Using one debt to pay off another debt, it is unhealthy. You've got to get out the debt trap. So the best way to do it, and many financial advisors will tell you, is to take all your credit cards and pay off the smaller one first and just work your way up pay it off one by one, cut them up, pay them off, cut them up, pay it off, cut it up, pay it off. Stop using it and get to a point in your life where you realize cash is king. When you can get to a point you learn cash is king. Like if you were to say debt right now, you couldn't say it smiley. You say debt, your your lips automatically go to a frown. (laughs) But if you say cash, it automatically puts a smile on your face, right? Because cash is king. Liquidity is king. You need to have liquidity. You need to have that in your life. So you have to think about this, man. Look at all the debt in your life and try to get this debt under control because what's happening, debt will keep the vision from coming to fruition. One of the things that I'm appreciative of our church in Nashville, God gave me a vision to really help our folks get out of debt right before the pandemic. Let's get out of debt. Personally, let's get out of debt as a ministry and our church did an extraordinary job of knocking that debt down significantly. We've got a little more to go, but we're going to get it, right? Because... I believe God's going to allow us to still accomplish that goal because when the debt goes away, imagine how much more you could do with the money you were spending to service the debt. That is how the vision moves forward. There are things that you want to do in your business, but you don't have the capital to do because you are strapped in debt. You have nothing to leverage because your debt ratio is too high. Your debt to income ratio because you have spent so much and you have so much tied up in debt. You can't even get a loan to do the thing that's good that you're trying to do. You got to think about it right now, particularly if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s or 30s, man. You ought to be like, whoa, I only not need to sign up for these credit cards like this. They let this stuff go. Get out. Why is $2,500 or $3,000? Try to get that stuff under you now before it becomes 30 dollars and $40,000 worth of debt. This stuff will rob you of God's best for your life and you'll take this debt. It, it'll be like a, a boulder on your ankle, man. You got to get a handle on debt. But here's the full thing. And it's understanding appreciating assets versus depreciating assets. So this conversation is one I enjoy having because I think that when you understand money and you think about it for a moment, what's an appreciating asset? It's something that gains value over time. What's a depreciating asset? So something that loses value. And don't get me wrong. I don't think anything's wrong with buying a car. If you need a car, buy the car. But do your research because whether or not you know it, you buy that car brand new sometimes, that car depreciates as soon as you drive it off the lot. I mean, you'd be amazed sometimes at the depreciation value of certain things. Jewelry depreciates in value. When you buy things like land, real estate, you buy things like that. Those things appreciate in value over time. So what you want to do is accumulate as many appreciating assets, things that once you would make the initial investment over time, you come back and it's worth more than it was when you first bought it. When you think about, for instance, folks who bought properties in certain areas that are now being gentrified and you think about how much those properties are worth now, Think about it. Those folks bought those properties at one price point, $40,000 almost 40 years ago. Now that property is worth 400 dollars $500,000, if not a million in some cases, because it appreciated in time. But I promise you that Sedan Deville Cadillac they bought back then isn't worth that now. <laughs> you get the point? I promise you that nugget ring they bought, that necklace they bought isn't worth what it was. Why? Because those things don't appreciate. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't have the things you enjoy. I think you should do that. Want you are in a position to get them? Praise God, do that. But as a leader, you got to always think, how do I get things that appreciate in value? How do I look at things that are going to gain value over time and truly become assets and not liabilities in my life? I think that's why this next thing is so important called investing. Now, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in this area at all. What I do know is that it is important to invest. And I do know that it is important to find you a financial advisor that can really advise you in the proper way to invest your money. I think it's important to think about things like mutual funds. And you may say, what's a mutual fund? Simply, it's a bunch of different stocks put together mutually working together for you so that if one stock is down, three others may be up. So mutually you are still winning versus putting all your money singly into one stock. Nobody would do that. In other words, you never put all of your stuff in one pot. Mutually, you spread it out over many different. The Bible talks about that in Ecclesiastes, spreading your bread out, right? Your seed scattering your seed. It's important to do that. So find you a financial advisor to help you understand investment. There's money. Your money can make money for you. See, you really know when you're doing it right. But your money's making money while you're asleep. That's how the markets work. There's a bull market, there's a bear market. And sometimes the bear market can frustrate people because that's when, you know, all your gains are being taken away and you're looking at your <laughs> your reports and you're like, oh my God, I put in this much money and what happened? It's going down. But see, you have to stay in it for the long term because I promise you that bull market will come back and you'll make that money back. You think about the people who invested in Amazon when they first started. People bought stock in Amazon probably in less than $10 or $20. That stock is over $3,000 a share now. Imagine how much money those folks have made because they were investing. I think it's important for us not to be afraid of that and get away from this whole put my money in a pillar, or put my money in a jar, you know, in my closet. Man, you got to let your money make money. You can't be afraid of the market out here, particularly if you're young. Now, if you're older, you're going to do investments that are a little bit more conservative. And I get that. But you have to find the right financial advisor that can advise you around investing. thing that I've done a lot of times, I've shared with a lot of mentees, I've gone to what's called financial calculators. You should do this yourself. It will really, it will really be an eye-opener to you. You take a financial calculator, just put it on the internet, financial savings calculator or just savings calculator. and It will ask you to input a variety of things like how much money you have to invest. You could put down say $5,000 or $2,000. It'll ask you your age. It'll ask you how much you plan to yield on the money. You could put down 8% or 10% based on pretty much what the market, it'll give you kind of a framework for that. And then how long will you invest it per month? And you can say, I'm gonna invest $500 for 20 years you would be amazed at what that looks like over time. It's those things that motivate you to understand the importance of investing, man. See, if you could ever learn this, once, once you get your mind shifted away from depreciating assets and you're still thinking about all the money that's in your closet right now that should be somewhere making money for you, shoes that are out of style, right? Things you don't even wear anymore. That money should be making money for you. But right now you can't do anything but give it to Goodwill because nobody wants it. You got to think about that, man. Sometimes it may mean just wearing the same pair of jeans for a while. You know, that's why you wonder, man, why very, very wealthy people dress so moderately. They don't put their money into a whole bunch of things like you think. They put their money into appreciating assets. They may have a house that's a major house here, a major house vacation home, and driving a very small car just to get them around because you're like, wow, that's their car. But yeah, but it's because they put their money where money makes money. You've got to think about that. There's a marvelous book that I read. It really changed my life. It's called The Millionaire Next Door. I recommend that book highly. I share it with friends of mine. Uh, I share it with mentees as I do my leaderships class. I ask them to read that book because that book helped me understand the mentality of millionaires and why people are the way they are. Sometimes you're be living next door to a millionaire and not even know it. Uh, and sometimes the folks that you laugh at or think that they don't have, these are the folks that walking around making the deals every single day while you're flossing. You should never wear your wealth. Yeah, you should never wear it. I tell people all the time, broke hollers, broke screams, right? Broke screams, but wealth whispers. <laughs> wealth whispers. And that's why you have to understand this is a very, very important thing of investing And in. I encourage you to do that. The next thing I want to share with you, which is uh, number six, is understanding insurance. Now, this is a big deal because, again, I'm not a financial advisor, but I want to highly advise you to get someone that can really help you understand insurances. But insurance is going to be a great tool, particularly for people in business or just people who are going on a trajectory of high net worth, or even if you're just, you know, want to take care of your family. It's just important, right? The thing about the different kinds of insurances that you need to have in your life. I do think that everybody should have, you know, life insurance. I think you should really talk to someone to help you find out what life insurance product works for you. I think it should be a part of the conversation. If you get married to somebody, you should always have life insurance. The moment you get married, worst thing that could ever happen, you get married to somebody a week later, something terrible happens and all of a sudden, wow, you're left with nothing, right? Make sure you get life insurance and get it while you're young. Get it while you're young. If you're not young, there's still products out there that can help you, but make sure you get life insurance. And one of the things about life insurance, there's so many other ways and products now uh, that you can actually invest in through life insurance that can be tax-deferred, tax-free, right? And so you can talk to your financial advisor about how do I invest in a life insurance product whereby if I pass away, my spouse or whomever I designate get the beneficiary of the policy. But If I live long enough, I can actually take this money as dividends and I can live off this money in retirement. Those are the kind of products you ought to be aware of that exist. And people are living by those every single day and they're taking tax deferred stuff and they're they're living on it. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And so I think there's a lot of ways to really utilize your investments and to think about insurances, but you have to have the proper insurance. One of the things that is so sad to me, so disturbing is to see a lot of people who end up dying and never had insurance on their kids, never had insurance on their family. Insure your kids. You never know what'll happen. Have insurance. Don't be that person that's, You know, always trying to raise money to bury somebody or do this insurance. And and don't think about just burial insurance. Think about life insurance. Think about a way you can not only bury the person, but you can also take care of the children if need be. Think about insurance in a broader sense and make sure that you're not underinsured. Make sure you're not overinsured. And that's why you should talk to somebody who is a professional that can help you in the area of insurance because Every single person listening to this podcast, you got to have the proper insurance. So talk to somebody, whoever is an insurance or a legitimate insurance agent, and they can help you understand the insurances that you need. Now, I think number seven here is leaving a legacy. Let's talk about that for a moment. I think, you know, when the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Leaving a legacy means that all these necessary decisions that we talked about, all these different things we've shared today are important in leaving a legacy. Every day I wake up, I think about my daughter, I think about my son. What legacy do I want to leave them? What what is it that I want to leave for them as an inheritance, not just a financial legacy, but I want to leave to them the disciplines. I want to leave for them an appreciation for money. I want to leave for them a value of understanding how to spend. One of the things that I did early on is set up Accounts for my kids, and uh, I set them up at Citizens Bank, which is the oldest African American bank in the country, and set them up a savings account and teach them about money. So when they get their, you know, allowance, I teach them how to tithe. I teach them how to invest, and because you have to show your kids how to handle money spiritually, what it means to be a tither, and what what does God's word say about money, and then show them how to save their money and show them how to earn it. And so when kids earn money and they know how to spend it, my daughter, she says, I want this. I'll say, well, how much money do you have? Can you afford it? Teaching them now, early on, that money does not grow on trees. And just because mother or father may have it, it doesn't mean that you absolutely get it. I want them to have the work ethic. I want them to appreciate the value of money. It's not something that just grows on trees. And so you have to leave that kind of inheritance, that kind of legacy to your kids, right? That's what an inheritance is, man. And you pass it down. And so as a consequence, what I'm praying is that my kids will never know what student loans look like because I'm passing down an inheritance, right? I wanna leave an inheritance whereby I thought about that. I set up an account to make sure when they were, born that we started a college fund that we caught it early so you think about it over 17 years of consistent investing by the time they go to college they don't get one scholarship they should be okay right because i thought about that so you know what it cost me to buy a pair of socks Uh, you know, a pair of shoes, tennis shoes a month. I was able to invest to get my children scholarship stuff, get them ready for college early on. Those are the kinds of inheritances you've got to leave, man. You've got to think about those things. Sit down and talk to somebody. You're a leader now and you can't be that leader that's making that money and trying to live and floss it out. And then don't leave anything for your children's children. You've got to leave that legacy. That's how, A lot of people leave their legacies, man. You think about it. A lot of kids go to school. A lot of kids get their first home because mom and dad helped them in terms of leaving an inheritance and showed them how to save it and how to put money in the proper places. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how are you handling your money? How are you dealing with this? Listen, I've said a lot, but money matters. It really does. I want to tie a ball around this. It means nothing if you don't put God first. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how much money you make. I've seen people make millions of dollars and still end up broke because they didn't put God first. It doesn't matter how much money you make. The same principle applies to the tithe. The tithe is 10% of what God gives unto you. That tithe goes into the place, the local church by which you call your church home, that feeds you spiritually. That's the storehouse and it Is where meat is. When you do right by God and you establish that, the Bible says that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He'll keep you away from every shady deal. But then not only that, but then when you start making the wise decisions around money, I'm a tither, I'm an investor, I save, I got the right insurances. Man, let me tell you something. You put yourself in a great position to leave an inheritance to your children. Money matters, y'all. And I just want this conversation to create within you a curiosity to go far beyond what you've already done and to say, I need to talk to somebody. Hey, let me know. I could recommend somebody to you. We're going to be doing a financial literacy institute. We got a lot of things coming down the pike in our ministry. But importantly, I just want you to know, find you somebody or reach out to me and I'll recommend somebody. But whatever the case is, it's important that you as a next level leader you handle this money thing right, because at the end of the day, money really does matter. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you so much for listening, and I hope you've been inspired today. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Joseph Walker Three. If I mean everything, if you did, I truly, truly appreciate each one of you, and I thank God for you. I really, really do. Until next time, I pray blessings be upon you. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk soon. God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.